Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Why don't you have five, two or three people around you and tell them you're glad to see them at the first night of TCYC. Amen. What a great first night crowd. We're so glad that everybody is here tonight. And um, what an atmosphere that's already been set. I think it would be appropriate if we gave this worship team a big hand and show some appreciation for them. Amen. Well, what an honor it is uh, to be here at the second night of, or at the second year of TCYC. And if you were here last year, you know that this is a, it's a very powerful meeting. It's a meeting of destiny. I don't believe that this is just any ordinary youth conference, but I believe this is a youth conference where students come at an impasse. They come and they reach a place of decision. And there's something about this conference, this meeting, that just tips young people over the edge. And it just launches them into making the right decision to live for God and to serve God and to be apostolic. And so I'm thankful for this meeting. Amen. Um, this host church is uh, such a place of excellence. And I mean, as soon as you pull on the property, such a spirit of excellence. It's like this is, is going behind me. It's like a can. It was good a moment ago. And it's just like a, a can, just whatever that is. Anyway, um, don't you love the media team? God bless them. Aren't you thankful for them? Amen. But this church, we honor them, and we are so thankful for their spirit of excellence. Let's give this host church, Pastor Gilbert and his family, a big hand. And I want to say how good it is to see Sister Ginger in the house tonight. Aren't you thankful we serve a miracle work in God that's bigger than cancer, that's bigger than the diagnosis? Somebody ought to shout in this house right now. Amen. Amen. And I don't see him, but I'd be remiss if I didn't honor the bishop, Bishop Gilbert and Sister Kate Gilbert. We love them. We appreciate them. So thankful for them. Of course, it's always good to be teamed up with friends. And uh, the rest of them will get here, but it's good to see my friends, Brother Dylan Morgan and his wife, Paris, Brother Shane Burns. They're going to be preaching uh, tomorrow, and I promise you do not want to miss that. And uh, then, of course, the other speakers that will be here throughout the rest of the week. But it has fallen my lot here tonight to go ahead and break the ice. And what do you say we don't wait until the last night to have last night church? Amen. I wonder if you could just lift your hands all over the house before we even take a text, before we do anything. I want you to just lift your hands all over the house. And I wonder if we could just press in here for just a moment. Let's, let's really lift our voices and let's pray all over the house. Come on. I want you to pray until you plug into the Holy Ghost. Forget about who's on your left. Forget about who's on your right. 
Come on, let's plug in. Let's flow in the Holy Ghost. There is a, um, I really feel very strongly, there is a depth that we need to reach before we move any further. I appreciate that we're able to worship and uh, we're able to go high and dance and shout, but this is a deep meeting. And so one more time, I, I, I don't want you to worry about me giving instruction next. I don't want you to worry about what you think is about to happen I don't want you to worry about anybody around you. I want you to lift your hands and lift your voice and let's really pray in the Holy Ghost here tonight. And let's go deep. Come on, all over the house. Come on, that's it. We're almost there. Let's dig just a little bit deeper. Something's shifting in this atmosphere. We'll take as long as we need. I'm not moving any further until I feel a release in the Holy Ghost. I'm not here to impress anybody. I'm not here to preach a cute sermon. I'm here to flow in the Holy Ghost. Come on, I'm here to obey God. Let's press right here. Let's set the tone. Let's set precedent for the rest of this meeting.
Well, are you ready to get into the word? How about the rest of you ready to get into the word here tonight? I want to go to Luke chapter 8. Let's go to Luke chapter 8. Media, I know I gave you one thing, but we're going to do something else here tonight if that's all right. Luke chapter 8. Wrestled with the Holy Ghost about this direction here tonight. I don't really know where we're going to end up. But God knows. And if we'll just plug in and flow in the Holy Ghost, we'll get where we need to go here tonight. And in wrestling, I guess it's probably part of my human nature. I thought, God, if this goes where I think it might go, that's, that's kind of high for the first night. We need to dig. We need to get some stuff out of the way, set the stage for the rest of the week. But I just, I just felt an urgency in me. To just go ahead and give it everything we've got here tonight. Because I'm going to tell you, we're, we're living in the 11th hour. We're living in the 11th hour. We are, we are the last and the final generation. We're the ones upon whom the ends of the world have come. And Paul spoke about running a race. And when you're running a race and you're in the last place, you don't walk, you run. There's got to be an urgency in us here tonight for something to click in our spirits. Where we leave this place and we go home and we turn our cities upside down with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Luke chapter 8 and verse number 11. Luke chapter 8 and verse number 11. Now the parable is this, the seed is the word of God. And those by the wayside are they that hear, and then cometh the devil and taketh away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. It said that the seed is the word of God. But I think the question here tonight is what is seed? What is seed? Seed is potential future fruit. It's not fruit, but it has the potential to become fruit. And it said when there was potential, then the devil came. The devil did not show up until he saw something with potential to be great. So let's le read it like this. The parable is this. The potential is the word of God. And those by the wayside are they that hear. And then cometh the devil. And taketh away the potential out of their hearts. Lest they should believe and be saved. I want to talk to us about that one word here tonight. Potential. Potential. There are individuals under the sound of my voice. You've got all the potential in the world to do something great in the kingdom. And God wants to equip us here tonight. 
Come on, is anybody hungry and expecting God to do something that will change your life? One more time all over the house. I want you to connect with somebody. Let's agree together. I want you to link up with your neighbor. And one more time, let's lift our voices all over the house. With faith, with expectation. Come on. Now, would you put your hands together all over the house? And I wonder if somebody would mix their voice with that and just let Jesus know you're hungry in this room. Come on, I think we can give it all we got on this first night. Let's lift our voices and let him know. We're ready, Jesus. Whatever you have for us, we're desperate. Hallelujah, Jesus. Why don't somebody give God some praise on a Wednesday night right now? Thank you, Jesus. Amen. If you promise to help me preach, God bless you. You can be seated here tonight. Before you ever get out of the Old Testament and journey through those 400 years of silence, before you ever get into the synoptic gospels of Matthew, Mark, and Luke, before you ever get into that spiritual revelatory gospel of St. John, you will read where it was prophesied by the prophets of old that there would be a man born into the world that would have perhaps the most important and pivotal ministry known to mankind outside of Jesus Christ himself. And it was the purpose of that man to be a forerunner for the Most High. He would be the prophet of the Most High God. And it was his responsibility to prepare the way of the Lord. And that man was named John the Baptist. As a matter of fact, in Isaiah chapter 40, you'll see where Isaiah began to prophesy about that man. And he said, when you hear the voice in the wilderness, he said, there are some things that are going to take place. He said, every mountain and hill is going to be brought low. Every valley is going to be exalted. Every rough place is going to be made plain and every crooked path is going to be made straight. In other words, it is the purpose of John the Baptist to make sure any resistance between humanity and their next visitation from God is moved out of the way. And he said when that 
opposition and that resistance is moved out of the way. He said the result of that is going to be that the glory of the Lord would be revealed to humanity for the mouth of the Lord hath spoken it. And so it was the job of this man, this prophet of the Most High God to prepare the way for the greatest visitation that has ever taken place in the earth to finally reach the people that it was supposed to reach. But I want you to know before John the Baptist ever left his mother's womb, we see a glimpse of of this man's ministry breaking forth through his life before he ever left his mother's womb. You have to understand here tonight this visitation was so great that it was not common knowledge among humanity that the Messiah was in the womb of Mary. Because man could not wrap its finite minds around the fact that that which Mary had conceived was not the seed of a man, but it was the seed of the Holy Ghost. And so Mary was put away in a place of privacy because man could not even comprehend the visitation that was about to hit the earth realm. But at the same time the Messiah was in Mary's womb, John was in Elizabeth's womb. And in Luke chapter 1, he gives us an account of an interaction between Elizabeth and Mary. And the Bible said that when Mary gave the salutation to Elizabeth that the unborn baby inside of her womb had to respond to the presence of the God that he felt. And John leapt in his mother's womb and under the prophetic unction of the Holy Ghost, Elizabeth opened up her mouth without any knowledge that the Messiah was in Mary's womb and said, Blessed art thou among women, who am I that the mother of my Lord should come unto me? If it was the praise of an unborn baby that activated the gifts of the Spirit in the atmosphere, I want this generation to know you've got potential potential every single Sunday and every single midweek to go home and see the supernatural. There ought to be a shout in this house right now that says I refuse to have dead church but I'm going to go home and if I'm the only one dancing, if I'm the only one shouting, if I'm the only one running the aisles, I've got potential to see the blinded eyes open, the lame walk, the dumb talk. And what I've learned, Pastor Gilbert, is that apostolics, we can get real selfish with our praise. We can get to the place we learn how to dance and we learn how to shout on beat and we know what song to clap about and we know what song not to dance about. And we start looking around at all of the ones that just came into the kingdom and we say, it doesn't take all of that anymore. I'm just going to sit here. I've got the blessings. I've got the nice suit on. I was raised in church. I don't have to do all that dancing and all that shouting, but you don't know whose deliverance is depending on your praise. 
I can remember several years ago I was in my home church and there was an atheist that walked through the back doors. He said, I don't even believe that there's a God. I'm here with one of my friends that just started coming to church here. I'm just here so she'll leave me alone about it. He said, I don't want you to pray for me. I don't even believe there's a God. And he sat down in his chair and he was sitting about three or four rows back and it was one of those Sunday nights that Pentecostals like to have from time to time. There was dancing, there was shouting, there was aisle running, there was hand clapping, there was leaping for joy and that atheist couldn't take it another second. He got up out of his seat, ran down to the altar, repented of his sins and God filled that atheist with the baptism of with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. You better shout in this house and say if I don't need anything from God, there's an addict who can be delivered from my dance. There's an alcoholic that can be sobered up with my shout. I got a question for this generation. How would you react if your lost family walked into the back doors on Sunday? You wouldn't want a dead and dry church. You'd be giving God everything you've got. Come on, give God praise in the house right now. And so John is preaching, and he says, I indeed baptize you with water under repentance, but there's coming one after me whose shoes I am not worthy to bear, and he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. You want to know what John was saying in that? He was saying, I know it's good right now, but don't get satisfied with this. There is something greater that is on the way. Can I tell this generation that in the middle of the blessing, things God has given us in the 21st century church you better not get satisfied with just good church there is an outpouring of the Holy Ghost that is on the way to North America that will shake the gates of hell I'll go a step further and say your youth group's greatest revival was not last year or 10 years ago your youth group's greatest revival is right here right now if you believe that I wish you'd give God a shout in this house come on let's give God praise in the house right now And so John is preaching, and he's saying, I baptize you with water under repentance, but there's coming one after me whose shoes I'm not worthy to bear, and he shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. That lets me know that John's ministry was about a repentance of sin, but Jesus' ministry was about a release of the Spirit. Why do you think on the day of Pentecost, the first words out of Peter's mouth were, repent. And then once you repent, an avenue has been created for God to pour out his spirit. Is there anybody in this house that'll say, I remember the day I ran to an altar. I repented of my sins and God filled me with the greatest gift that I've ever received.
And now the question of this generation is, uh, when God filled you with the Holy Ghost, uh, he gave you potential to go home uh, and turn your city upside down uh, with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come on, if you believe that in this house right now, you ought to let God know I refuse to let that gift uh, remain dormant. I'm going to go home uh, and do something with it. And so John is preaching, and he says, There's coming one after me, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. And he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and with fire. And then finally he looks at God manifest in the flesh. And he says, this is the one. Behold the Lamb of God which taketh away the sin of the world. But if you don't understand the oneness of God, that can be a little confusing. Because we understand that Isaiah said we would see the glory of the Lord. We would see the glory of Yahweh and a spirit hath not flesh and bones but whenever John saw Jesus he did not see a spirit that had not flesh and bones he saw God manifest in the flesh but aren't you thankful today that he made it all he made all of it make sense when he put pen to paper and said in the beginning was the word and the word was with God the word was God the same was in the beginning with God all things were made by him and without him was not anything made that was made in him was life that life was the light of men that light shineth in the darkness and the darkness comprehended it not and the word was made flesh and dwelt among us aren't you thankful today you know here O Israel the Lord our God is one Lord for in Jesus dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily and we are complete in him for without controversy great is the mystery of godliness he was manifest in the flesh justified in the spirit seen of angels preached unto the Gentiles believed on in the world and received up into glory if you need anything to have revival you need the name you need the oneness of God and if you've got that you've got potential I want you to lift your hands all over the house right now. And I'm going to tell you why this place didn't just erupt just now. Because if there's any reason for this generation to shout, it's over the revelation that there is only one God. But the reason we didn't just explode over that being preached is because we've become common. It has become common to us. And the other reason is, is because we don't have a revelation of him for ourselves. There are a lot of you in this house, you cannot operate in your full potential with the revelation of that name because you still live on mom and dad's revelation of him. 
That's why Jesus looked at his disciples and he said, I've got a question for you. Who do men say that I am? And they responded and they said, some say you're Elias or Jeremiah or John the Baptist or one of the other prophets. And then he brings it a little closer to home and he says, okay, now I've got another question for you. Who do you say that I am? Because it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks about him if you don't have your own revelation of who Jesus he is and when Simon Peter responded with that revelation none of the other disciples ran the aisles or leaped for joy because they couldn't praise God on Peter's revelation but I believe there's somebody in this house that'll say if mom and dad backslide I've got potential to still do something great in the kingdom of God Because you've got to understand, you've got to understand that hell attacks based on anointing. Hell attacks based on anointing. Hell is reactive. Hell knows what's about to hit the earth realm even before we know what's about to hit the earth realm. So hell begins to react to what God has already set in motion to take place in the earth realm. Why do you think Pharaoh did not want to kill the males born of the Hebrews until Moses was born? He was reacting to the deliverer that was just born into the world. Why do you think that that the angel did not resist the angel that was on the way for Daniel's work? until he was activated by God to get his words. He was reacting to an answered prayer. Why do you think Herod did not want to kill the males that were born in Bethlehem until Jesus was born? He was reacting to the Savior that had been born into the world. So if you've been fighting hell since the last TCYC, you need to shout in this house. That's a signal. That's a signal to let you know there's potential in you. There's power. Come on, let's give God praise in the house right now. That is a signal to let you know that there is some form of greatness in you. And I want you to understand that the enemy knows there's greatness in you even when you don't know that there is greatness in you. I am the product of a broken home. I know what it's like to come from dysfunction. I know what it's like for both of my parents to not be living for God. And all of these years later, I realize that the attack on their marriage was not just about their marriage. It was an attempt at the enemy to get to me. Because even before I knew what I'd be, hell knew what I would be. There needs to be somebody in this house that says, I'll shout through the opposition. I'll dance through the adversity. Let me preach to somebody from a broken home. You are going to make it. You are going to make it. I want us to lift our hands all over the house right now.
And I'm watching a generation that's got all the potential in the world to do something great. But they're letting their pedigree get in the way of God using them how he wants to use them. I'm going to tell you, God will step over pedigree to get to potential. I'm going to say that again. God will step over pedigree to get to potential. He'll look beyond the entitled that's gotten polished and the fifth and sixth generation apostolic and he'll reach for somebody off the street to come in and do your job. Why do you think he rebuked the, the priest in Malachi's day? He looked at the priest and he said, I'm rebuking you because you are not keeping, you are not bringing the best sacrifice that you have into my temple. He said, you're withholding your best from me. He said, you've got the best to give and you're not giving it. You're bringing me your lame sacrifice. You're bringing me blind sacrifice uh, and you're giving your best to everything else in the world uh, and so we said if you don't want to do your job uh, from the rising of the sun to the going down of the same uh, my name will be great among the Gentiles you know what God was saying in that if the apostolics don't want to do their job uh, that have been living for God for five and six generations uh, he'll reach into the world uh, and he'll pluck somebody out of sin uh, that's got potential but there ought to be somebody that says God uh, I came to break out of my complacency I'm going to do what you've called me to do Let's lift our hands all over the house right now. Now let's lift our hands, let's push right here, let's push, come on. Let's lift our hands and let's push. There's some of you in this house, you're withholding your best sacrifice because it's Wednesday night. But I feel the Holy Ghost saying, I want you to make my name great in this house. He didn't put potential in you for it to be dormant and idle. He put potential in you for you to make his name great. Thank you, Jesus. 
But watch. Seed is potential. It's not fruit. But it's got the potential to become fruit. And so when Matthew began to talk about the parable of his fan being in his hand. And he thoroughly purges his floor. And gathers the wheat into the garner. But the chaff is burned with unquenchable fire. You got to understand the difference between the wheat and the tares. They look exactly the same. They're the same color. They're the same stature. They grow at the same time of year. And they grow in the same exact field. They are nearly impossible to tell one from the other. But the difference is revealed at harvest time. Because when the winds of harvest begin to blow, it is the chaff, it is the tear that is carried away. But it is the wheat that falls to the ground and stays at the harvester's feet. You want to know the difference between the wheat and the tear? It is the wheat that has seed and it is the weight of the seed that causes it to fall to the ground. So whenever the winds begin to blow in your life and we, we, we all just experienced the same purging in 2020 and there were people that walked away. There were people that backslid when those winds began to blow. But look around. There's a lot of you still here. You want to know why you're still here? There's some seed inside of you. God knew there's potential inside of you. You ought to give God your I'm still here praise. You didn't backslide. You didn't walk away. You stuck it out. You stayed. A lot of you are trying to figure out why did I make it through the dysfunctional family? There was some seed weighing you down. Why did I make it through high school as the only apostolic in my school? There was some seed holding you down. Why did I make it through the divorce? There was some seed holding you down. How did you survive the failure? How did you survive that toxic relationship? There was some seed holding you down. Potential. Potential. I'm sorry, I, I, can't, I can't move past. I'm, I'm really trying to move on, but this generation better hear me in the Holy Ghost. God meant business when he rebuked those priests. He said, you've got your best and you're withholding it from me. You've got all the potential in the world to do something great for my kingdom. But you're withholding your best. And because you're withholding your best, I'm going to have to replace you. How many times do we come into the house of God 
And we know we've got our best to give, but we don't give it. I'm telling you, you can be replaced. You can be replaced. God does not want to replace you, but he, if he has to replace you for your job to get done, he will replace you. Hold on, I'm, I'm not preaching for applause right now. I want you to listen to me. Because what's happening in this generation is God's trying to bring us beyond just having good church. But we've learned what sacrifice we can bring into the house of God to get by with just having good church. But the problem with a blind sacrifice is it produces no vision. need to pray right here. I, I, I can feel this kickback and this resistance, but I'm, I'm going to come after it here tonight. I want you to lift your hands all over the house. I want you to pray right now. I want you to pray right now. Lift your hands and lift your voice all over the house. I'm telling you, there, there's some, there are young men in this house. There are young men in this house. You give your best to high school sports, but your second best to God. You give all your time and your emotions and your energy to high school sports. Boy, I'm in the Holy Ghost right now. To high school sports, and then you come in and you bring God your blind and your lame sacrifices. All the while, the hand of God is on your life, and you're fighting off conviction right now in this room. You're hoping that I'm going to stop talking about what I'm talking about but I'm coming after that in this room here tonight some of you need to make up your mind the days of giving God my second best are over you have got potential to see the greatest revival and the greatest harvest that the world has ever seen and if you can give your best to a toxic relationship if you can give your best to a high school basketball or football game if you can give your best to a secular job and career why not give your best to God why not give your best to Jesus Christ? I'm telling you, I just saw in the Holy Ghost, hear me in the Holy Ghost, I just saw, the Lord just showed me there is an arm, there, there is an arm, and it just reached out, and it just grabbed the young man by the neck, and it's choking the life out of you. I'm telling you, just as clear, just as real as I'm standing here, the Lord just showed me a vision. And he showed me an arm. And it's an arm. It looks like the, the arm of a corpse. It's dry. It's brittle. It's, 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 it's very pale skin. And I watched it just reach out and grab a young man. And the Holy Ghost spoke to me and said, the arm that grabbed him is what he's been giving his best to.
I'm telling you the days, boy, you hear me in the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you the days of just having good church have come to an end for this generation. The days of having just good dancing and good shouting and good preaching and good music are over in this generation. Brother Barnes, before he passed away, Brother T.W. Barnes, old prophet from Louisiana, before he passed away, he prophesied that there would come a day where God would be moving in one direction. Let me get back up here where you can see me. He said God would be moving in one direction just like this. And he said the church would be moving alongside him in the same direction. He said, but there's going to come a point in the end time where God is going to make a shift. And those that are hungry to go beyond just good church, he said they're going to be sensitive to what God's wanting to do and that is breaking the mold of religious tradition and getting out of the norm of just having good church he said they're going to be sensitive to that and they're going to make that shift with him but he said those that are just satisfied with good church they're going to keep going the direction they've been going and they're going to miss what God does in the end time and he said this is the warning the church has to heed those that miss the turn God makes he's never coming back to get them And you mean to tell me the potential God put inside of you to lay hands on the sick and watch them recover? And pray people through to the gift of the Holy Ghost? I have never seen a generation more poised for the miraculous. But I've also never seen a generation more afraid of the miraculous. There's a little spirit that has crept into this generation with all the potential in the world. And it's telling you that those to lay hands on the sick, it's only for those that have a pulpit ministry. And I'm watching a bunch of young people relegate the miraculous to just those with a microphone in their hand. And it's that fear that has gripped this generation. And there are a lot of you that are saying, what if I lay hands on them and God doesn't heal them? What if I lay hands on them and God doesn't fill them with the Holy Ghost? What if I try to cast the devil out of them and they don't get delivered? Well, I've got a question for you. What if you lay hands on them and God does heal their sickness? What if you lay hands on them and God does fill them with the gift of the Holy Ghost? we got to break out of that box of fear and say the miraculous is not just for my pastor. The miraculous is for me when God gave you the Holy Ghost. He gave you potential. Somebody ought to lift their hands and go after it right now. We're chipping away at this thing. We're almost there. Come on. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost just spoke to me. Listen, I know this is unorthodox, but I'm just trying to obey the Holy Ghost. I'm going to tell you what the Holy Ghost just spoke to me. When he called for his disciples and he began to send them into cities that he would go to after them. Here's what the Bible said. It said he sent them with power and authority. Do you know the difference between power and authority? 
That word power there is dunamis. It's where we get the English word dynamite. And it means the ability to do something. The capability to do something. But authority in the Greek is exousia. And it means the right to do something. A lot of you have power, but you're not exercising your right to use that power. We're going to break that stuff in this room here tonight. Listen, hold on, hold on. We're going to break that in this room here tonight. And God's going to baptize this generation with boldness. He's going to baptize this generation with boldness. But here's what I want to leave you with. Acts 17 and 28. He said, this is Paul preaching to the Athenians. He said, in him we live and move. Everybody say move. In him we live and move and have our being. That word move there in the Greek, it is kineo. And it literally means to affect the surrounding atmosphere. And he said, you'll be endued with power. Dunamis, there it is again. After that, the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Dynamite. What does dynamite do when it explodes? It does not leave the atmosphere the same. It affects the surrounding atmosphere. I'm going to tell you what God's wanting to do on this first night of TCYC. He's wanting to light a fuse in this generation to go home and cause an explosion in your city that will affect the surrounding atmosphere. But you're not going to get that just going through the motions and being bound by religious tradition and just having good church. There's got to be some exercising of faith in your life. I want you to lift your hands and go after it with everything you got in this room right now. Come on. Come on. I release this generation right now to go forth in power and authority. You've got power and you've got permission to use that power. You've got a right to use that power.
I want you to make your way out of your seat and run to this altar. I want you to squeeze in as tight as you can. Come with your voices raised with expectation. Come on. Come with your spirit open. Come on. Squeeze in, squeeze in, squeeze in. Come on. Make your way around this front. Make your way around this altar. I want you to listen to me. I'm going to give some instruction. I'm going to give some instruction. But I want you to hear me. When engineers are testing a rocket and preparing for it to go into space, They measure the amount of fuel that they put in the rocket. And they try to factor in how much of that fuel will be used to get the rocket into the air. For example, if a rocket requires, if it has one million pounds of fuel in it, but it only uses 800,000 pounds of fuel to get into the air. That remaining 200,000 is labeled as potential. Potential. The problem with it is, it is consumed and can never be reused, but it did nothing to get the rocket where it needed to go. And if this generation keeps going by with just good church, we'll be consumed with the hype and the emotionalism of a dance and a shout. But at the end of the day, we will do nothing to get this thing where it needs to go. Your hands are empty. You heard the word of the Lord. I'm about to speak the word of faith, and God's going to release some giftings into this room right now. He's going to release boldness. He's going to release power and authority for you to go back to your city and prepare the way for the greatest visitation your city has ever seen. Are you ready? Come on, you need to make up your mind. I'm not going home to just be consumed with emotionalism. That's doing nothing. I'm all about the dance and the shout, but if that's where it stops, we're doing nothing to get the church where it needs to go in this end time. I want you to lift your hands all over the house. I'm going to speak the word of faith when I count to three. I want you to go after it with everything you've got on this first night. 
Don't wait until the last night to go after it with everything you got. Do it in this room right now. Are you ready? By the authority of the Word of God and the power of the name of Jesus, I release power and authority in this room right now to lead the way and to prepare the way for the greatest visitation that every city represented in this room has ever seen. God, I bind fear and unbelief right now and I loose the gift of faith in the name of Jesus Christ. I release the gifts of the Spirit and I release fivefold ministry to be manifest in this room right now. In the name of Jesus Christ. Are you ready? One, two, three. Go after it. Go after it. You're going to lay hands on the sick. You're going to prophesy. You're going to see the dead raised. You're going to dream the dream. Go. Don't wait on the music. Don't wait on the music. Go. Come on, I want you to make a trade with God in this room. Whatever you've been giving your best to besides God, you need to lay it down right now and open your hands and let God fill them up with an anointing. Let God fill them up with a calling on your life. Come on, lift your voice. Let's push right here. Let's push. Come on. Let's push. Your neighbor can't get hungry for you. you got to want it yourself. 